The perfect picture, the space and time splitter, the Augustan calendar plumb line, we all know what common error means. Please. Watch this. Rhymes and poetry. You, 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 people have been talking, man. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just do it. What is happening, you awesome human of rhymes and poetry? This is Nolzi Lee, and yet another week of doing rhymes and poetry. If this is your first time listening and you don't know what rhymes and poetry is, I'll give you a brief breakdown. Well, rhymes and poetry is a radio show with the hottest topics in everything rap, everything poetry, everything rhythm, everything pop, everything recent, everything new, everything that has to do with life right now. And today we are doing a week of poetry. So I was approached by somebody and they were like to me, Nolzi, listen, have you ever thought of poetry in other languages, poetry in other countries? And I was like, uh, maybe. And a friend of mine recently got me an Indian poetry book. And from this, I was like, why don't we do poetry around the world? So for the next couple of weeks, well, the next couple of poetry weeks, if you don't know what that means, is every week we do rap, then poetry, then rap, then poetry. So the next couple of poetry weeks, we are going to be doing poetry around the world. And we're starting today with Indian poetry. But before we get into all of that, if you're looking for us and you don't know where to catch us, you can simply find us on our website, which is www.activefm.co.za, or you can catch us on our Instagram and Facebook pages at activefm777, or if you're looking for rhymes and poetry and you're like, listen, Nancy, we need to connect, we need to vibe, you can catch me simply on rhymes and poetry 777 on Instagram. But... Before we get into the madness of the topic and before we break down what is happening in Indian poetry, what it is, do they write it in English? What other languages can we find it in? We are going to go into some music. Doing a handstand on a better glass with a both hand for the broke hand with my four man throwing coke can for the coke can with a more pass to a more glass. You get the picture, no chance. But I won't stand, I'm real boy. But no key on and a focus, I'm focused, so let a brother go in. Hold the ego, amigo. Why you so PO? Don't forget that this milk can box is no PO. But no need, papito. Malcolm came out with the Chico. Man, I got my control over Debo. Ah! Sideways, came in the same sideways. Get turkey, let's sideways. 
Yo, you see the aim ain't the money and fame But who's to blame but the game and the way I was raised I put the shame off things that got me blind, man But now truth got me lit, turned up sideways A lot of times, man, I hate my ways All this and I gotta kill or break my ways Pride pumped up, Lord, come to break my ways Without you, there's no growth like AI praise Nocturnal, killing this only for the glory Homie, giving the honor to Abba Father My provider, know the Alpha and Omega Spirit inside of me, honestly, probably Properly shaping me up into his property Let's get it, sudden, what more shall I say? I say, cause bro, we gon' turn off all day All day, super saiyan, turn up, come Hey, yeah, going in for yeah, the king, yeah, tucked yeah, up yeah, in St. Sideways. What's up, everybody? This is Lily Million, and you're listening to Active FM. Christ music is hot music. Still on the topic of Indian poetry and what it is, I decided that I would actually do some research on it because if I'm not researching, then what are we learning on the show, if you get what I'm saying? But this is what it says. No country in the world can boast having such a rich heritage and legacy as that of India. The land of the golden bird, India, is the mecca for literary lovers. The country has been the address for some of the most versatile and supremely talented poets, writers, and novelists from across the world. I did not even know this. I mean, obviously, I know that um, India has a rich heritage and all of that stuff, but I never thought that they had famous literary writers. I mean, you think of India and you think of the colors, you think of the color festivals, you think of all of that stuff. You think of the, the, the food, Indian food is amazing. You think of the curries, you think of all of that stuff, but you don't think poetry, you don't think novels. But let's face it, everybody, everyone around the world is into writing. Everyone around the world is into anything. So there's bound to be poets, there's bound to be literary writers in every single country. And that's why I decided to do poetry around the world. Well, it goes on to say the country has served as the birthplace of more significant poets whose works are a reflection of the social climate and the mirror for the society. So now as I was doing my research, I was like, okay, it's all good and well for us to discover that the fact that there's not discover, well, it's always been there, but for me, it's a discovery that there's Indian um, literary work, but 
if I can't read Hindi, then am I going to be able to even read anything um, from these people? And this is what it says. Indian poetry in English has a longer and more distinguished tradition than Indian fiction in English. And that is something that I did not know. It goes on further to say, if Indian poets in English are less well-known abroad than the novelists, it is probably because their concerns are personal, local, and yet universal. They do not write, um, at least not directly, about the nationalist or post-colonial political and cultural themes that the West patronizingly expects, even demands from the formerly colonized. And if you don't know some brief history um, about India, you will know that they were colonized by um, the English. And that is basically where them speaking English came from. I mean, if you look at um, colonization, the colonizers would come and basically impose their language on the land that they were basically colonizing. And so Indians um, had to start learning English because in order to speak to their masters, in order to trade with their masters, in order to work with their masters, they needed to speak English because the English weren't willing to learn um, basically um, Hindu or whatever languages they have there. Indian poetry is has a long and rich history dating back to the ancient times. It has been written in numerous languages, including Sanskrit, Hindi, Oriya, Tamil, Telugu, Kannada, Bengali, Urdu, Persian, and English. And basically, it was written in English, as I've said, because of the British who colonized them. And numerous works of the modern Indian poetry are in English because of this reason. And there's many, many, many famous Indian poets and Indian poetry out there. And we are going to dive in to the top 10 um basically poets in india who are doing the most well this is at least the top 10 poetry in in india and as i was doing research i was like dude i need to find this um poems in 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 english so i'd be able to read it because i don't know if you know but i'm not going to be able to read hindi or anything like that and some of the poems are in English, but unfortunately, some of them are in Hindi. And, and number 10 basically um, is entitled In the Bazaars of the Hyderabad. And the Hyderabad is the capital city of the Indian state, Telangana. And bazaar is a Hindi word for market. I'm sure you guys know this because it's even been used well, in South Africa, they call most markets bazaars. In the Bazaar of the Hyderabad describes the social and cultural life in the city through the beautiful common senses in its traditional markets. The poem has a conversational tone. It is set in the form of questions and answers between vendors and buyers in the market. It contains a rhythm and beat and a se sequence of phrases. What do you and oh yeah the market rhyme scheme of the, is the market rhyme scheme of the poem basically so the phrases what do you and oh yeah the basic are basically the rhyme schemes of the poem and if i just think about 
the marketplace in India. You think about all the colors, you think about all the spices, you think about, oh my goodness, it's it's just an explosion. I actually heard from one of the ladies who went to India that all your senses in India are tested. You, you, you experience all the senses at the same time when you're in India. So it's sight, smell, it's everything. You, you basically in it. India is vibrant. It, it, it's, it's an awesome place to be in. And yes, it is small for the population size, but it's an experience. And I one day want to go to India. It goes on to say, to describe the bazaars, Naidu uses rich sensory images and a vibrant sense of touch, sound, smell, sight, and taste, and which is basically your five senses. In the bazaars of the Hyderabad, has been described as an oriental gem by the New York Times. It is the most famous poem of Saranjini Naidu, who is known as the Nightingale of India. I'm going to read for you a quick excerpt from her poem and this is how it goes. What do you weave, O ye flower girls, with tassels of azure and red, crowns of the brow and of the bridegroom, chapels of garland his bed, sheets of white blossoms and new garnered, to perfume the sleep of the dead. And you can basically see from what I'm looking at here, the rhyme scheme that I can see is basically, it would be, if I could read it out to you, it would be A, B, C, B, D, B. So basically every second line, she goes back to the same rhyme scheme where every second line rhymes basically. And that is basically number 10. And at number 9, it is called An Introduction. And the poet is Kamala Das. And this was written in 1965. The poem before that, number 10, which we just read um, by Naidu, was written in 1912. So you can imagine um, the, the, the stretch of this poetry. I mean, not many poems that were written a long time ago are still recognized and basically, the, the next one was written in 1965. This is an autobiographical poem which throws light on the life and work of Camilla Des. Des begins his poem by saying that she doesn't understand politics, but she knows the names of politicians, probably referring to the fact that power is in the hands of the few elites and it is usually males who run the country. She then gives a brief introduction of herself before she focuses on English being the medium she uses to express herself. How people criticize her for that and why it is no one's business other than herself. So basically, I've seen this in African literature as well, where um, African poets, novelists and the likes are criticized for using English because they're like, why are you not using your language? Why are you not um, using your culture? Why are you appropriating um, culture of the English and using it and writing poetry and calling it African poetry? I say all of that is rubbish. If I want to write poetry in English, I will write poetry in English. If I want to write poetry in any other language, that's what I'm going to do. It's basically an art form. It's the expression um, and the outpouring of the poet. 
It then goes on to say the poem then moves to her early and unsuccessful marriage and how the society she lives in is male-dominated. In the primary focus of the poem, the situation of women in a patriarchal society and the unjust burdens women have to go through in this male-dominated world. Kamala Des or Kamala Suraya, which is her other surname, is one of the best-known Indian female poets, and this is one of her favorite, one of her famous works. So she's basically speaking from the perspective, and we're going back to 1965 here, where... Um, Basically, in most traditional places, um, the way they worked was a very patriarchal way. Um, And she's basically speaking about her experiences in this. And this is how her poem goes. It is I who laugh. It is I who make love and then feel shame. It is I who lie dying with a rattle in my throat. I am sinner. I am saint. I am the beloved and the betrayed. I have no joys that are not yours, no. Aches which are not yours, I too call myself I. And this is basically a poem about herself and about her situation that she's currently facing. Now we are sitting at number eight, which is Guru Govind Do Kade. And these are one of the poems which weren't translated into English and are still written in Hindu. And it's, the English title is I Face Both God and My Teacher. And the poet is Kabir. And this was written in the 15th century. Daha is a lyrical verse format which has been used extensively by Indian poets from as early as the 6th century AD. It is an independent verse, a couplet, um, the meaning of which is completely in itself. Kabir was a 15th century Indian poet whose dohe remain extremely popular in India. Guru Govind Dokade is the most famous among them. It asks the question that if God and your teacher are standing before you, whose feet will you touch first to show respect? It answers it by saying you should pay respect to your teacher first as it is your teacher who has taught you who God is. Now, I, I don't agree with that because God is above everything and we learn in the word, in the Bible, that um, basically God is your priority, God is your center, God is your focus and after God, then your other priorities fall in line. You never, ever, ever, ever um, go to someone else whether it is someone who led you to God before you go to God I mean your teacher is not going to let you into heaven God is going to let you into heaven so I disagree with that but his poem is basically a couplet meaning two lines and it is in Hindi so I cannot read it for you the next one is Rashmirati which is another one that was in Hindi and in English the title is Sun's Charioteer and it was basically written by Denka in 1952. In the great Indian epic Mahabharata, Karna was the firstborn son of Kunti. However, she abandoned him at birth as he was conceived before her marriage. Karna then grows up in a lowly family but becomes one of the best warriors of his time. He becomes friends with Durayanda uh, and ultimately fights on his side against his own brothers, the Pandavas. 
Rashmi Rati brilliantly captures the tale of Karna, capturing all hues of human emotions and how he is trapped due to the various dilemmas he faces. Dinka is considered as one of the most important modern Hindi poets and Rashmirati is his most famous as well as his most critically acclaimed work. And I cannot read it because it is in Hindi, Megaduta, and its English title is Cloud Messenger. And the poet is Kalidasa. And this was written in the 5th century AD. Again, a long stretching poem. Kalidasa is a widely regarded as the greatest Indian poet of all time. And Megaduta is his most famous poem, consisting of a 111 stanza. The verse is unique to Sanskrit literature as it goes beyond the verse repeating or in chorus form, normally um, the form preferred by love poets. And instead of strings and stanzas, into narrative, the poem talks about Yaksha, the nature spirit, who has been exiled to central India for neglecting his duties. So basically, this speaks about um, the beliefs of the Indians and basically the, the beliefs of the spirits and, and, and whatnot, while pinning for his wife on a mountain peak. He sees a cloud and tries to convince it to deliver a message to his beloved. He does so by describing the cloud to the many beautiful sights it will see on its northward course to the Himalayan city of Alaka, where his wife awaits his return. Megudata initiated the messenger poems, most of which are modeled on it. It is also inspired by a playwright, Maria Stewart, which is of German descent. And basically, this is how the excerpt goes. For you, the woman, look through tangled hair, with men folk traveling and take their cheer. From onions urged on by your path of air, while I still distant to blame appear, a hapless prisoner to another's care. And that basically is the top six poems. So we have just gone through the bottom five of the top ten if that makes sense, of the poems. And we are going to go into the top five after this super incredible, awesome break. <laughs> I'll see you after this. Jesus was there. The exceptional new Act of Worship album, As Above, So Below, is out. Get your very own copy on iTunes. available on Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music and so much more.
music is a place where the hottest music is played if you're looking for us on our social media on our website you can simply find us on our website which is www.activefm.co.za or simply find us on our social media which is on facebook or on instagram at activefm777 or you can simply find rhymes and poetry on um instagram which is at rhymes and poetry triple seven the number of heaven and we have been going through indian poetry and before we went into the awesome music we basically spoke about the bottom five of the top 10 so even though they're in the bottom five of the top 10 they're still in the top 10 which means that they're still awesome poems but now we are going to go through the top five of the top 10 which is the the, the top five 
Indian poems basically written um, of the top 10 and it is going to be super awesome. Getting straight into it at number five, translated into English because I decided in my life that I can't read Hindu words. So I told myself and I was like, Nancy, you know what? You just like let it go one day you will learn hindi and then you will come back and you will speak to the peoples and you will pronounce the words right but for now you're going to speak only what is in english that so you do not get yourself caught up so translated into english number five the poem basically is entitled where the mind is without fear Unfortunately, I can't translate the poet's names into English, so I'm going to give it my best go. And basically, the poet's name is Tagore. His name is Ravindranath Tagore, and this was published in 1910. Written before India gained its independence, the poem represents the Ravindranath Tagore's vision of a new and awakened India. The first nine lines of the poem presents a number of statements beginning with where. These statements describe a place which Tagore is hoping India will be after independence. This is a long poem, guys, because now we're thinking about the first nine lines. You can imagine how long the poem is. In the last two lines of the poem, well, it's 11 lines, <laughs> he then makes a plea to his father for his country to wake up into that heaven of freedom. Tagore is a towering figure in the world literature and the most famous modern Indian poet. His best known poetry collection is Jitangali. Jitangali. I said I would try to pronounce it as best as I could. And it is largely due to this um, line of poetry, this collection of poetry, that he won the 1913 Nobel Prize for Literature. Can you imagine this poem is the most renowned poem from his collection and basically his poem translated because his poem was originally also written in um hindi but now i got the translated version and this is how it goes where the mind is without fear and the head is held high where knowledge is free where the world has not been broken up into fragments by narrow domestic walls where words come out from the depth of truth where tireless striving stretches its arm towards perfection where clear stream of reason has not lost its way into the dreary desert sand of dead habit where the mind is led forward by thee into ever-widening thought and action, into that heaven of freedom, my father let my country awake. And that's basically it. I think that's beautiful poetry. Um, I like how he's written it. And as we spoke about the first nine lines, he basically starts them off with where, 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 where. And then the last two lines um, um, are then different. And then the the number four poem, which I cannot, guys, Hindu words are so long. I don't even know where to start. If I start with the rem, cha, it, menace. That's basically what it is. But now I have to put these words together to make one long word. So <laughs> I'm going to try it out, but I'm going to read you the title in English afterwards. So the poem in Hindi is entitled Rem Charit Manas or Rem Charit Menace. Depending on how they pronounce it, 
basically in English, The Lake of Deeds of Ram. And this is written by Goswami Tulistas. And it was written in the 16th century. And basically, The Lake of Deeds of Ram is an epic poem which tells the story of the Hindu deity Rama. If you guys have not listened to the show where we're speaking about different types of poetry, basically an epic poem is a poem where um, they speak about some t- sort of a hero figure or someone that is a leader in community. So it's basically a poem about someone's hero. Basically, that is what epic poetry is. It is structured around three conversations that happened between I'm going to pause right there and I'm going to let you know that if you have not listened to that show, then you need to go back a couple of shows and go and check out that show because that show is really informative and really awesome. Getting back to the topic of today. Um, So basically, it is structured around three conversations that happened between the deities Shiva and Parvati and the sages Baradwar. I hope I'm saying that right. And someone else whose name I cannot pronounce. <laughs> uh, and the sage um, basically is a legendary bird who is the vehicle of God Vishnu. And basically, you, if you know anything about India and the Hindus, they basically have many gods and all of that. And this is one of those poems about that, I'm guessing. And it covers the story of Rama in detail, including why he was incarnated into earth, his childhood and adolescence, his marriage to Sita. So basically this guy's whole life. And it is said, among other things, to have been um, acclaimed as the greatest book of all devotional literature. It has a huge impact on Indian culture and had been initiated many cultural traditions, including that of Ramlala and the dramatic enactment of the text. And basically this text, again, is written in Hindu, which I cannot read, but it's basically also another rhyming couplet. And then number three, um, which is in English, Mother, I Bow to Thee. And this was written by Ben Kim Chandra, and it was written in 1881. These poems are all old. I'm like looking for like modern Indian poems to read out. But Ben Kim basically wrote this poem um, as in a spontaneous session using words from Sanskrit and Bengali. It was included in his 1881 novel and basically it was composed into a song by Tagore, which we read a poem by earlier on. The song was sung by Tagore in a political context in an 1896 session in the Indian National Congress. It is it soon became hugely popular amongst the Indian people and basically around the Indian independent movement. People worked themselves into a patriotic um, fervor about the shouting slogan, Vende Mataram. The British, fearful of an inflamed Indian public, made the rectical song a crime. So basically, this song was made a crime. It's also in Hindi. I wish I could read it because I'd really like to see what it's saying. But unfortunately, it's in Hindi. Going on to number two, um, basically translated into English, it's 40 shall pace on Hanuman. And in Hindi, it's Hanuman Chalisa. That's what it is called. And this was written again by Goswami in the 16th century. Wow. This guy had 
two poems in the top 10. That means he was really an awesome writer. Well, basically, it's a Sanskrit word for poems of praise. So this is a poem of praise. And it is a literary genre in Indian religious texts. And basically, it's about Lord Rama and one of the central characters in the Indian epic. If you guys have noticed something about Goswami, is that he writes a lot. Firstly, about Lord Rama. But secondly, he writes a lot of epic poetry. And um, basically, this is one of um, the other poems that he's written. And his poems have not been translated into English, but they have been left in Hindi. So unfortunately, we can't read that one either. Um, number one is Baroto um, Bagyo Bidata. Flip, I think I read that right. Um, <laughs> the English title is The Dispenser of the Destiny of India. And this was written by Tagore. So basically, you can see the basic theme around the 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 main writers in Hindu poetry. Because if we look at it now, many of them have been written by the same people. His poem as well has not been translated out of um, Hindi. It's been left in Hindi. But you can basically see the theme around um, the poetry and the people that write the poetry basically all around the same people. So that is the top 10 in Indian poetry. And basically, if you look at Indian poetry, it's many of the poems we read. Yes, I agree. They're old and they're basically ancient, many of them. And they they from the 1912s, 1880s and all of that stuff. But Indian poetry still carries on today. And... um. There's many festivals and concerts for Indian poetry. There's Indian poetry competitions all around the world. And basically, um, one of the competitions I found was this um, Indian poetry competition, which is taking place um, basically on the 31st of December 2019 this year. And that's when all the entries need to be made in by. And it's basically being organized by the Poetry Society in India. And... It, there's a lot of prizes. There's a lot of ways to enter. It says here that your poems should be in English. But as you can see, that Indian poetry continues even today. And even though it's not as famous as I would say Bollywood movies are or novels or all of that stuff, it still carries on. And poetry is a big thing all around the world. Many people say that poetry is dying, that poetry is irrelevant and all of these things. And that many people don't even do poetry anymore. But there is poetry all around the world. And we are going to continue on this journey around the world in poetry. Basically breaking down how different um, countries, how different nationalities, how different people all around the world do poetry. Because we basically need to find out and figure out the fact that it is not only in the, um, English poetry that comes from Europe or whatever. There are many other places that write poetry. And we are basically going to go on this journey together. Before we go into all of that, we are going to go into some ads. Active FM is the place of the hottest music. Be right back. Rapid Trade is passionate about mobility and solutions that make a difference in your business. From mobile sales and sales management to van sales and proof of delivery. For a, For a demo, demo, call Rapid Trade at 011-493-9755. Rapid Trade. 
ahead of the game. What an incredibly awesome show. The music has been hectic. The topics have been hectic. We're basically speaking Indian poetry, something that I did not even know existed until a friend of mine handed me a book and was like, yo, listen, you need to read this. This is a bunch of Indian poems. I actually want to, even though next week is a rap show, bring the book next week and read you one of the poems from um, the, actually, the actual book I got uh, given by one of my friends, um, just so you guys can get a feel of uh, what drew me into this whole topic And we're closing the show unfortunately But if you're looking for us And you don't know where to find us You can simply find us on our website Which is www.activefm.co.za Or simply on our social media Facebook, Instagram At ActiveFM777 Or on Instagram Which is Rhymes and Poetry 777 The number of heaven And if you're looking Because you're always looking for a place to find me where you can send me like your personal poems or your songs or whatever and give me requests, you can simply email me, which is rhymes and poetry triple seven at gmail.com. I will get back to you guys as soon as I get your stuff. But we are going to close the show. And yet for another week, this is your girl, Nazi Lee, signing out. Peace out and God bless. Hey, what he did? This is Adam Gilly, and you're listening to Real Heat on Active FM. Christ music is high music. Hey. Poetics, you a fool with this. Poetics, bring the drums in. Never coming from the right side. Right side.
And you asking how we level up It ain't me, it's God given Like my first name Double cover from the right side 2020, that's the hindsight But you know it better take off Put your trust up in God, they don't understand where I got this Hope proud from way up beyond They don't understand the language of people, cop, oh, listen to me, y'all